0: Listening to the sermons in St. Timothy's Church. For more information, please check out our website at St. Or come visit us Sunday night at 615 at the St. Mark's Chapel, right here on Yukon's campus. All right. Well, this evening we're continuing in our series on the Sermon on the Mount, and we're in Matthew 7. And um we're getting close to the conclusion here. There's one more message in uh, in the series on the Sermon on the Mount, but tonight is Matthew 7, so the first half we'll look at. And as we usually do, so I'll uh, say an opening prayer, and then we'll read it, and just encourage you just to listen to what God has to say, see if there's a uh, a verse, a word, or a phrase that strikes you. Uh, this is a way of praying with the Scriptures, so you want to listen, let God have the first word, and see what He has to say. Well, Lord, we welcome you. We welcome your presence. And, Lord, we welcome you to speak to us, to speak to us through your word. Speak, Lord, your people are listening. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. So, hear then the word of the Lord, Matthew 7, 1 through 12. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet, and turn and tear you to pieces. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the Law and the Prophets. All right. Well, just want to encourage you. This is a way of like praying with the scripture. You just read it. You don't try to necessarily figure it out. um, But just read it and see what sort of strikes you, what stirs in your heart. And then it's uh, something to pray about. You know, I'll often go, "Well, well, Lord, what do you want to say to me through this? And then just listen. So. And now we'll do a little bit of teaching out of this passage. And really, we're we'll calling this, uh, you know, three concluding words. Because Jesus is kind of wrapping up his teaching in this section of the Sermon on the Mount. Um, you know, chapter 5 is a lot of teaching. Chapter 6 is a lot of teaching. The first half of chapter 7, there's some more teaching. And then next week, he really is all about application. There's like no new teaching. It's all about applying what you've heard. So this is really sort of the last teaching on the Sermon on the Mount. So we're kind of calling this three concluding words. And really, if we had, uh, you know, uh, if you know, if we never wanted to leave the Sermon on the Mount, I mean, these could be three sermons in and of themselves. So they're kind of like three short sermons, three short words. Um, but and the first one is uh, is simply, you know, be a doctor, not a judge, in the Christian community. That's how we're to be. Um, it's not about the black robe and the gavel. Right, So it's easy to find fault in other people. And Jesus does not want us to take the role of judge, where we're sentencing people, where we're saying, you know, we're condemning others for their faults. I see something wrong on you, boom, you're guilty, you're judged. Uh, Jesus doesn't want us doing that. Um, but rather, what he wants us to do is sort of put on the white coat. So think of, uh, we're not uh, judges of one another, but we're physicians, we're good doctors. So we see things that are wrong, and we try to help, right? We try to take out the speck. Um, before, but first we remove our own. And so what I would say is, it, it's the, the passage goes back and forth, but really Jesus says, don't condemn others for their faults. Do observe your own faults and remove them, right? Take the the... The plank out of your own. And then the third one, which is Maggie was referring to, is that whole like dogs, don't give to dogs what is sacred, don't give to pearls to pigs, is that I think what Jesus is getting at is sometimes confront other people with their faults. Sometimes. Um, and I think the pearl and the uh, what is sacred is when we see something that's wrong with somebody, right, and if we can lovingly bring correction, that is sacred. Right? That is a pearl. But not everybody's going to receive that. Right? And so be discriminating. Right? If if somebody is not open to receiving any correction, or open to receiving any advice, or open to receiving any teaching at all, then you see something, don't say something, just pray for that person. Right? So what Jesus is saying here is don't condemn others for their faults. Look to your own life, and if you see something, remove that. And sometimes when we see things in other folks, if they're open to it, we can say something. Right? Does that make sense? You ever give advice to somebody who didn't really want it? (laughs) And then they turn on you. Well, let me tell you what's wrong with you, (laughs) you know? And so what Jesus is saying is, listen, we all have faults. Everybody's got faults, right? Um, and in Christian community, we're going to become aware of one another's faults, okay? Jesus says, don't be judging one another. Don't be condemning one another for what we, what you see that's wrong. Instead, look to your own life, right? Look to yourself first. And sometimes, if it's appropriate and you see something, uh, a fault in another, then you can say something, right? So, So Jesus says, like, don't condemn others for for their faults. Look to your own self. Remove your own faults, and once you've done so, then then you're 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 able to look to other folks. So, and I just think it's it's good to think that we're the the overall sort of metaphor is that we're not judges, we're physicians, right? Like imagine if you went to a to a doctor, right, and um, you know. uh You know, the doctor said to you, we'll we'll go, we'll we'll fast forward 30 years, right? And let's say we're we're not living the greatest lifestyle, right? And sometimes this happens. But imagine you go to the doctor in your 60s, right? And they say to you, hey, listen, you've been eating poorly your whole life. You're overweight. You've been smoking your whole life. You drink heavily. You don't exercise. You know, you have congestive heart failure. You're going to die. See you in six months if you're still alive. You know, you know, you know like, this is what you you deserve. You get what you deserve, right? Like, nobody would go to that that doctor again, right? You don't go to a doctor for judgment. You You go to a doctor for help, right? So what you would expect is the doctor would say, Hey, listen, this is, you know, you're in some trouble here. But here's what we can say. I'm going to suggest you make some lifestyle choices, right? Start exercising. Start eating right. Quit the smoking. Quit the drinking. Let's get you on some, some medications and come back in six months, or maybe probably earlier, but come back and we'll see where you are. Right? If you go to the doctor, you expect help. You don't expect to say, you're out of luck. You deserve it. Goodbye. Right? You expect help. You expect them to be for your health, right? But you wouldn't expect also the doctor to say something like this. Well, listen, you know, you're overweight, you don't exercise, you smoke, you drink. But who am I to say that any of these things are bad? You know, who am I to say, you know, just keep doing what you're doing and good luck, right? No, you expect a physician to have your best interest and to say things that, that maybe you don't want to hear, right? But it's for your good. Right? It's for your good. And what Jesus is saying here is that we're to be physicians to one another. Because, you know, it's uh, the whole like idea of the speck in your eye. Your eye is very sensitive. So a moat or a splinter can actually uh, be quite irritating and can do some damage. You know, a number of years ago, um, one of my nephews, Ryan, was over at uh, one of the grandparents' house. And he got a blade of grass in his eye. Like, and who would think, yeah, they actually had to take him to the emergency room and flush his eye. Because he was just tearing and tearing and tearing. A blade of grass. And you think, well, that's not significant, but the eye is very sensitive. And so Jesus, when he's talking about speck in an eye, he's not saying, well, just ignore it. Just don't, don't care about that. What he's saying is, don't judge others for their faults. Look to yourself. Uproot any faults that you see. And if you see people with specks in their eye, and they're open to it, right? You can't go make people do what you think they should do. But if they're open to you, you can say, hey, look, I'm seeing this, can I help you? Does that make sense? We're to be physicians to each other. We're to promote one another's health. We don't give judgments. We do promote health. But it, it's, it's it, there needs to be two. There needs to be a willing partner. So what I'd like to do just for a minute is give you a moment. You know, is there someone that you've been judging or condemning? And it might be somebody, or it might be some bodies. It might be a group of people, right? But is there someone that you've been judging or condemning? And I want to give you a moment to think about that, pray about it, and then ask God forgiveness for judging them. And I'd like you to take a moment. Identify a fault. Just say, Lord, is there something in my life? That's troubling to you and you'd like me to remove. And then ask God's help. And then thirdly, the person maybe, if you're thinking of someone that you're judging, is there a person that, you should, that Jesus wants you to talk to? Or should you maybe just pray for? Maybe they're not open in this season. But let's take a, a minute or so and we'll uh, apply this passage. You can keep working with that, but we'll uh, move on to the, the second part, the uh, Jesus' teaching on prayer. And I would summarize what he says here is, ask away. You know, ask away, you'll receive good gifts because God is better than you think. Ask away, you'll receive good gifts because God is better than you think. But Jesus in this is making an invitation. Asks. Ask, right? Ask, seek, knock. He wants us to come to God in prayer in supplication to ask and then Jesus is making a promise right you will receive for everyone who asks receives those who seek will find those who knock the door will be open and i really think that in my my understanding that those are not three different activities but they're all related to around prayer so ask away you will receive Why should we ask? Why should we seek? Why should we knock? Because those who ask receive, those who seek find, those who knock, the door will be open. And then Jesus offers this illustration about, um, it's a parenting illustration. So, right? Um, For which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? And basically saying is, Jesus is talking and he's assuming that not everybody's a parent here, but he's saying, look, a lot of you are parents. What do you do for your children? Do you give them bread? Do you give them, or do you give them stones? Right? Do you give them fish or do you give them scorpions or snakes? Right? You don't give bad things to your children. You give them the best. And then how much more is God going to do that for you? And so really, I think the issue here. Is primarily one of how we view God. Right? For Jesus, he views God the Father as a generous father who loves to give good gifts. That's Jesus' view. He's inviting us to adopt that. But you know, maybe your relationship with your dad was is a little bit different. Um, So we all have different sort of images of God. If our image is God is a good father or a good parent who loves to give gifts, then that makes prayer easier, right? Then we'll ask away. If we have another view, it might be difficult. So some other views might be, you know, I often enc- I work as a, as a hospital chaplain. I'll often, I'll often encounter this. Well, I never pray for myself, right? I wouldn't be so selfish. I'll ask for other people, but I'll, I'll, I won't. I won't bother God with my own needs. You know, I've heard other people will say, you know, uh, you know, it's not really that big of a deal. Uh, You know, God has got other things on his mind, right? He's got the world to run, so it's not that important. It's important to me, but it probably isn't that important. So sometimes people think that prayer is selfish, so they won't pray for themselves. Or they'll think that God is busy. It's sort of like, you know, talking to, um, I don't know, a really busy manager. <laughs> you know, don't want to bother the busy manager. I've even heard some people will say, you know, they have a view of like the, that God is malevolent. That, uh, you know, they don't want to pray because they don't want to draw attention to themselves because they feel like God's going to punish them. Right, so I'll offer, so I've, I've offered to pray for people like, don't do that, I don't want to get on God's radar. Right, so this is almost like God is an abusive parent. But there's a lot of different images that we can have of God, sort of how we perceive God or how we think God is. Is God too busy? Is God indifferent? Is God mean? Well, if we have those images of God, then we're going to have a hard time praying. You're not—you're know, not going to spend too much time, and if we don't ask them, we're not going to receive much. So, what I'd like to do is just take a, a, a moment and just uh, have you really think about what is your primary image of God. When you think God, what what comes to mind, and how does this image affect how you pray, how you ask? So let's do that. We'll take a, a few moments. What is your primary image of God? All right. And then the, the last part. Um, so in everything, do unto others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. So here we have Jesus kind of summing up a lot of what's gone before by the appeal to the golden rule, do unto others. Now this is not uh, certainly unique. Um, you know, uh Buddha teaches this. I mean, pretty much every world religion has a version of the golden rule. Some of it's positive, like this. Some of it's more negative, like don't do to others what you don't want them to do to you. But this is sort of a, a, a universal, right? Do unto others what you would have them do to you. Live by the golden rule and you'll do what's right. See, there's sort of two big problems that sort of the golden rule solves, that the golden rule covers. One is ignorance. right? Sometimes we don't know what to do. It's like, I don't know what to do in this situation. What am I supposed to do? So sometimes there's a challenge that is ignorance. We don't know what to do. And this is what the golden rule offers. It offers a boost in confidence. It says, you are the expert. Right? You don't need to talk to somebody else. You don't need to talk to some religious scholar or some philosopher or some ethicist. You are the expert. Imagine yourself in the situation and ask how you'd like to be treated. There are no experts needed, no trading necessary. Jesus is really saying, like, we're all the same boat here. It's not, there's not some kind of hierarchy where other people know better than you do. He's saying, listen, we're, we're, you're, you are the expert. Which is, which is really interesting given the, sort of the context. I mean, if you remember, go back to the Old Testament, right, the Ten Commandments. So there's sort of like ten things that God's people are supposed to do. And then there's all this other stuff that kind of tease out that, right? And so people in um, in ancient times, they would go to the rabbi and they would go to the experts of the law. What do I do? Which law applies in this situation? Which commandment applies in this situation? Right, so God's people were often, they were sort of used to consulting the experts as to what God's law said. And what Jesus is doing, he's simplifying it. He said, you don't need to be an Old Testament scholar you don't need to go to seminary. Just put yourself in the position and ask, how would you like to be treated? Does that make sense? He's, he's basically saying, you guys are all scholars. You're all experts. Just use your imagination. Put yourself in the position. I don't know what to do in this situation. This person has this. this. Well, put yourself in that. How would you like to be treated? And then go do that. So that's one thing, that the golden rule really boosts confidence. It sort of eliminates ignorance as an excuse for why we don't do what we're supposed to. The other big problem, of course, is desire. I don't want to do what I know I should do. Right? So sometimes it's, I don't know what to do. Sometimes it's, I, I don't want to do what I know I should do. And here's what the golden rule offers. It offers a shift in perspective. Right? It helps us understand and empathize with a brother or sister that we don't like. Sometimes we don't want to treat people as we should because we don't like them, right? They're not like us, they're different, maybe they're mean, maybe they've treated us poorly. Sometimes the issue is, I don't want to do what's right because this person doesn't deserve that. But what the golden rule does is, it, well, put yourself in that person's perspective, how, do you, how would you like to be treated? So sometimes the issue is we don't want to treat people well because we don't like them, but we want to be treated well ourselves. And this shows sort of that that doesn't really work. Do you see? Sometimes the problem is we don't want to treat others well because we don't like them. and But it also works the other way. Sometimes we don't treat ourselves well because we don't like ourselves. Uh, hang with me for a moment. So um, I've worked in different uh, contexts, and uh, I worked as a chaplain um, in a behavioral health unit and worked with a lot of people who struggle with addiction, right? Um, and a lot of times, the the addict, the person who's struggling with a destructive... Addiction. They'll, they'll really like get on themselves for like how terrible it is and what they've put their family through and they'll really kind of say a lot of, you know, I can't believe I've done this and they, they kind of heap, you know, heap a lot of abuse on themselves and then other people think, oh, that's good. They're, they're finally seeing the error of their ways. But not really. Uh, it's sort of part of what they would call the cycle of addiction. You see, if you, if you keep doing something that you know is bad, right and then you sort of keep telling yourself that you're bad for doing that then you feel bad so then you go to that substance or that behavior to get rid of that bad feeling right so let's take somebody who's um so that the, you know the alcoholic who is always drinking right and then he's he or she kind of, you know, oh, how terrible, I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm doing my friends and family to my body, all this different kind of stuff. I'm such a terrible person, blah, 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 blah. Well, they can kind of whip themselves in a frenzy so they feel terrible about themselves. So then what are they going to do? They're not going to want to feel terrible. Most people use substances not to feel good, but to feel nothing. It's sort of to avoid pain, right? Right. And so one of the things that I would try to do with some of these folks is I would say, "Well, okay, I, I hear what you're saying, and what I'd like I, what, what, here's what I'd ask you to do: Imagine that someone you care about, a loved one, a friend or family member and imagine they're in this situation that you're in. What would you say to them? Because sometimes the, the cruelest things that people will ever say are actually to themselves, right? And so what the golden rule does is said, well, how would you like somebody else to be treated? See, sometimes people don't want to treat others because they don't like them. Well, sometimes people don't want to treat themselves well because they don't like themselves. And what the golden rule does, it shifts the perspectives. It gets you sort of out of your rut and gets you to look at at a, a situation from another angle, from another way. So there's two big problems. There's ignorance. I don't know what to do. And what the golden rule does, it says, yes, you do. You're the expert. I trust you. You can figure it out. Just put yourself in the other's position and you'll know what to do. And it also fixes the other problem, is desire. It's not that I don't know what to do. I know what to do. I just don't feel like it. And the golden rule shifts the perspective. It has you understand and empathize with your brother or sister who you may not. And it also has you understand and empathize with yourself who you may not like. And so here's what I'd like to do. The golden rule is actually, uh, really I'm not going to say it's golden. It's really quite powerful. But I'd like for us to take a moment to identify a situation where you are unsure how to act. And then see if the golden rule, if you can spend a moment, will bring clarity. So those are Jesus' three concluding words here. These are the the, the last part of his teaching before he's going to... um, really focused on applying all that we've learned. So he wants us to be a doctor, not a judge in Christian community. He wants us to ask away in prayer, and he wants us to live by the golden rule. It's very simple. And Lord, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for this, these teachings. And Lord, we ask that you would help us to live by them. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.